Good day, beautiful podcast family. I hope that wherever you are in this world, you're doing amazing and I'm sending my prayers your way. We have an absolutely tremendous episode of the show for you. We have my friend, Dr. Nisha Manik back on the show and we're talking about exploring the intersection of consciousness, spirituality, and human potential. We dive deep in this podcast. We talk about subtle energies, electricity, and magnetism, the power of Gregorian chanting, spiritually scientific experiments, uh, why consciousness is not limited to the body. Nisha talks about her very powerful mystical experience. We talk a little bit about uh, Tartaria, how to re-energize the body, uh, the pyramids, uh, Nisha's special meditation, uh, and having the conditions for God and love and why they're always in charge. So this is a fantastic episode. I know that you're going to enjoy it. That's just a fraction of the excellent show notes that we speak about. Um, If you like this show, please share it far and wide. Consider leaving a review on iTunes. Those help tremendously. You can also become a member at mattbelair.com. It is like becoming a patron. You can get access to the membership, which will give you the Soul Compass course, which is a very quick, powerful, and effective guide for finding your life path, your life direction, your life purpose. It also gives you some mindset, spirituality, and law of attraction techniques to manifest that reality. And if you want to go a step deeper and you want to work with me on getting very clear in your life path, living a life of meaning, you know, living up to your full potential, overcoming limitations and challenges that you have, I'd love to hear from you and work with you. Just go to mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and we can dive in right away. The best way to support this show as always is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world. And let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive into this incredible show wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with joy peace contentment power faith courage and get ready to enjoy this amazing episode with dr nisha manik Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is an internationally recognized leader in integrative medicine. She turned her scientific expertise to the singular question vexing humanity, the nature of consciousness. In her bestseller, Bridging Science and Spirit, The Genius of William A. Tiller's Physics and the Promise of Information Medicine, she presents scientific evidence that human consciousness has the power to change our world. Welcome back to the show, my friend, Dr. Nisha Manik. Hey, Matt. Nice to be with you. And you're my favorite podcast host. Well, I appreciate the kind (laughs) words. I'm so excited to have you back on the show. Um, We had a great conversation before we got in here, so I'm glad we actually got it started. But there's so many avenues that we can go down. Your work is amazing. Your book is amazing. Um, I've been just grateful to follow your work and your progress and everything you're up to. So for those who are being introduced to you for the first time, do you want to give a brief background on who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure, Matt. And again, thank you for having me. You know, it's always nice to hear from Matt Belair, and now you've <laughs> moved to British Columbia, and I thought, woo! So, Matt, you know, um, by way of introduction, I'll make it super short. I'm from Kenya. I'm a medical doctor by profession. 
I've studied in Scotland, in University of Glasgow, London, and then at Stanford and Mayo Clinic. So I have a very traditional, conventional scientific education, all right? And I'm a rheumatologist. So I take care of people with chronic diseases like arthritis, lupus, that kind of thing, fibromyalgia. And so I was very, very conventional. Oh, no, pros. Background and that in my own consciousness. And that is. Wait, hold on. You got to. We're very you gotta, limited. You got to back up like 10 seconds because the internet froze for a sec. Okay. You stopped at the Mayo Clinic. So I'm, here I am at one of the most internationally visible and recognized name in excellence in medicine. All right. And. What we do in medicine is diagnose a chemical imbalance, and then we set about giving drugs to correct that dis dysfunction and chemical imbalance. Now, that will take us a very limited way to really true well-being. And, and something in my own consciousness was really bothering me because, Matt, here we are, and I think you and I can agree Human beings are not just the body. We're multidimensional. We're much larger than this thing that I, I call it Matt. And Matt says, Nisha, and we answer to it. So it serves a function. Our body is how we relate. But that's not what we're all about. We're much more than that. But how do we get there? How do we get to that multidimensional being? And so this question was really bothering me while I was a doctor at the, one of the most renowned clinics. And so I would do this other thing on my side, like there has to be more. There has to be more than just chemical prescriptions and drugs. And that was my first sort of indicator was energy. If we really ask the question, Matt, if we really expand our thinking around well-being and really ask the question, what underlies all of things, all of the things and processes in nature? I mean, you are part of nature. I'm part of nature. Nature is not something out there that you observe, you know, through the window. It's there and I'm over here. You are nature and so am I. And the fundamental question I began to ask is, what drives all processes in nature? And nature is everything, the cosmos, the plants, the trees, and you and me. And that comes down to one common denominator, and that's energy. It's energy that drives everything, okay? And so if we really think about health, then you have to have a shift of frame of reference from just chemicals to energy. Now, I'll tell you, in medicine, we don't talk like that. We don't talk about energy imbalances and energy shortages. The way we think about energy in, med in, in medicine is really, really tiny. Food, what are you eating? And calories, right? That's what we think about. But energy is vast. It's far bigger than just food that you're eating. 
And this was my first realization. If we think in terms of energy, then we start to think in terms of energy as a raw material to wellness. We think of energy as our currency to well-being. We think of energy as a body's internal battery. Are we charging up or are we really depleted? Because that's what I see in medicine. And I'll come back to that in a moment. I talked about energy as a currency. Let's just look at that. Say you have a dollar of energy in your bank in the morning when you first get up. Where are you spending that? Are you going to have energy currency in the radio, CNN? Then you're going to get depleted? Or what are you going to replenish yourself? How much energy are you spending uselessly? And how much are you really banking? So it has a compounding interest towards the end of the day. All right. And this is how we can start to think about we have this much energy as our currency, and where am I spending it? All right. But here's the other thing, the internal battery of the body. Okay. That's another way to think about energy. We are always recycling and recharging and recycling and charging up our batteries. Some energy sources deplete us. It completely depletes us. And we think that Everything that we think in terms of taking in of energy is equivalent. Nothing could be further from the truth. Some things that we eat will deplete us. And I'll give you a, a, a really cool example because this happened to me and I was observing myself. So I go to see my mom and I grew up in Kenya and I grew up eating a very favorite food, sweet corn. And she thought, oh, you know, I'm going to make boiled sweet corn for Nisha. And I'm at the table and my eyes went, whoo, sweet corn. And you know <laughs> what happened? I'm eating the sweet corn. And literally, I'm at the table and I really felt like this. Um, in, in other words, this food was not beneficial. I was observant enough saying something's wrong and my mom says are you okay and I said no I'm not okay and in fact I didn't finish the sweet corn I had to lie down I realized my acupuncture systems had been just the battery just went boom I never bought that sweet corn again that was sweet corn packaged you know those four ears of corn in a plastic wrapper and Trader Joe's you don't do that, okay? So how do we then find out what's good for us energetically? Because I wasn't feeling good after eating sweet corn. It wasn't, you know, a day later or, no, it was right away. And I said, something's wrong. And you know who was at the other, at the table was my brother. He didn't touch the sweet corn. I did, okay? So it was a very interesting experiment for me to find out that even our foods have an immediate impact on our energy and we better get savvy about our sources of food, okay? And it brings me to this notion of what I deal with as a physician, which is fatigue, which is brain fog, 
which is rashes, joint pain, inflammation. I deal with inflammation every single day, right? I see inflammation in, in my patients and they come with joint pain and pain in general. And we ask them, do you have redness? Do you have warmth? And those are clinical signs of inflammation. But I think by the time they have that, it's too late. By the time I measure their blood tests and say, hey, your set rate is super high and your C-reactive protein is super high, it's too late. We should have done these things long ago because they're eating that sweet corn. They're eating, you know, um, creamers with canola oil. They're eating stuff that they don't really realize. And so now I tell my patients, could you tell me what you ate for breakfast? And some of them sort of sheepishly look at their shoes, you know, like, um, <laughs> uh, I had, I had, um, I haven't eaten. That's often the case. I, I was running late. I had to come and make my appointment. So no breakfast. And they eat muffins. They eat sugars. They eat coffee with artificial hazelnut creamers. No wonder they feel bad. But doctor, I thought that was all right. So we have to start teaching our patients and ourselves, what are we taking in as part of our energy? And energy can be amazing or energy will deplete you. Energy sources are not equal. They're not all equal. Now, you'll notice something. This is another little, little uh, case that I saw. Actually, this is a, a case and I laugh because it was so, no one really realized about what was happening to this lady. The, the patient comes to me with fatigue and fibromyalgia. And I asked her, she was in her seventh decade of life by the time I saw her. And I said, well, some things just don't add up. Usually fibromyalgia younger. So right away, I, I don't know. And the other thing was, she didn't have chronic pain, which fibromyalgia, you have pain everywhere. Okay, it's myalgia, pain. So this lady didn't have pain, but she sure was fatigued. And I said, so when do you have tiredness? I mean, you look pretty good to me. You don't look, you don't look 70. And she says, she turned to her husband. Her husband says, go on, honey, tell her. Tell her what you feel. And it turns out every time, Matt, she went into the Walmart, she would be with the cart and would say, Oh, I, 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 I can't be here anymore. I, I really feel tired. And her husband would lead her out and sit her back in their car. And he would go finish the shopping. He seemed to tolerate it. Guess what was happening? I'm listening to her and going, oh, I think I know. And she went, really, doctor, what's going on? Because nobody can figure it out. The energy from the fluorescent lights for this lady depleted her. It depleted her energy bank so quickly that within 10 minutes of being in a big box store, she had to go out and get it back in the car. So if you think LED bulbs and all those things are great for you, might be good for your some change in your bank balance of your energy bills, but it isn't doing you any good. I can tell you right now. So I told this lady, why don't you wear a big brand, you know, big hat, big brim hat, 
You look odd. Try that. <laughs> it worked. Okay. So we think that all of these things that we're surrounded by energy, lights, what I'm wearing, polyester, what you're eating, what you're listening to, these are all part of your diet. This is all energy sources. Some of them will pump you up and some of them are going to deplete you. And the more you pay attention to that, already you're on a big and healthy lifestyle. Just those things. Because you're doing them out of habit. But you need to start getting aware. They're not innocuous. They're not harmless. They're having a big impact on your body. And they're causing inflammation. So you get a little inflammation, another stimuli, more inflammation, another stimuli, CNN, more inflammation, canola oil, more inflammation. And listen, Matt, have you been to the supermarket recently? I was there and I look yep. left mm -hmm. and I look right and I think, oh, my God, where is the food here? Where is the food? It's brightly colored boxes. Okay, and you look at the content, monosodium, dextrin, blah, blah, colors, BHT. Did you know what BHT is? I didn't. So I look it up. It's, um, okay, get this. It's <laughs> antioxidant, preserves freshness. So I look it up in Scientific American. I was shocked. It says, it can't be that harmful because it's an antioxidant. I look up at the California Prop 65 because it has a warning label on bazillion chemicals. BHD is one of them that causes cancer. So you have a conflict here. What the package is saying, what Scientific American is saying, how are we going to discern anything? I'm saying, let's go back to nature. We are part of nature, okay? So we have to start paying attention to our energy sources. And again, some will deplete you and some will pump you up. And the more energized you feel, the better it is for you. Just that. Pay attention. At first, people go, well, I don't know, doctor. Tell me. And I'm thinking, you're walking around in that beautiful body of yours. Pay attention. It's common sense. It's like we have forgotten how to tune in to our own senses. Okay? So this course I did, Rheumatoid Relief, Five Essential Keys to Living Well with Rheumatoid Arthritis. I wanted to try this in people who really are struggling with poor health. And they're tied into a medical system that is not serving them well. Okay, it's just more chemicals, more steroids, more biologics, fancier things. But it doesn't always translate to good health. All right, so I wanted to try bringing the principles of bridging science and spirit to the bedside in a course to say, hey, you know, this is practical. This isn't rocket science here. And the one core message of bridging science and spirit, well, there's several, but one thing Tiller says is the laws of thermodynamics hold supreme. I'm going to repeat that. The laws of energy are supreme. It's not a theory anymore, Matt. What I'm saying is not a theory. It's not philosophy. This is the fact of science. 
This is the fact of life. And this is the fact of nature. If you want to get back to true health, pay attention to energy, right? So I said, okay, let's teach our patients about what are they taking in through their diet, their eyes and ears and touch and through their mouth. And then the second key is <clears throat> you already have energetic systems inbuilt in you. And just like a hot cup of tea loses its heat to the surrounding cooler air, energy always moves from high to low. And Tiller found that physics has said, physics science has found that the body's energetic systems are very real. They're subtle energies, but they're of a higher potential. Wow. Because energy is flowing from that higher subtle energy acupuncture system down and powering up your digestive juices, your brain cells, your heart, your lungs. It's renewing itself. It's not exhaustible. All mammals have this. We may not dissect it in anatomy class, but it's very real. It's there. So how do you connect with it? That's the beauty of it. And you will know when you do Zen and you do Tai Chi, you can feel it. You can move it. You can play with the ball of energy. You can now start to heal yourself. I teach patients, do the healing. Do the healing. Now feel it. Now heal your elbow. Heal your knee. But you can also, and you don't need any special breathing or postures, or, but you can actually connect the body's polarities and get that internal spark plug going. And it'll balance out your energy and you'll be charging up your batteries. That's like an internal spark plug, okay? And that, for me, has been a game changer. Just that one piece of knowledge that just by connecting the polarities of your body, you get the energy systems humming and they power up every, your nerves, your muscles, your bones, your bone marrow is renewed. And we know this also, Matt, that every six to eight weeks, the human body is renewing itself. We have a new body. Then what are you going to do to give it that energy and that building blocks? Yes, we talked about energy by eating and all the eyes and ears and senses, but the internal batteries are also there and you need to connect with them. Bridging Science and Spirit in pillar number six of the whole book, I talk about the Eamon's relaxation circuit. And that is absolutely a game changer in health. It's a pity we don't teach our patients this remarkable tool. It's available to you. And guess what? No drugs, no side effects, free, no prescriptions. You just need to know how to do it. I'm going to stop there, Matt. Give me your questions because we've talked about oh, a lot. I just, I would just, no, I just sit there all day. <laughs> First, I want to know the best way uh, to. What are we doing? Balance our polarities. What's the best technique you have for that? Eamon circuit, right? So I, I, I could show it to you. Sure. But it, it's actually the left hand goes behind the 
neck like that. The right hand is at the tailbone and then cross your left ankle over your right. That's it. And in fact, I feel it right now. The problem is Nisha's brain starts to become quiet. <laughs> when I do this, um, by the way, that's it's a great posture for insomnia. You just lie there and this will quieten out your brain and you will fall asleep. But this is a relaxation circuit. But actually what's happening is that the acupuncture system is powered up. It'll recharge the, the innermost nooks and crannies of every tissue in your, in, in your body. And imagine doing this every day, 15, 20 minutes. Now, if you're renewing your body inside out, what, what, what we're talking about is inside out, you can have a body that's really renewing itself. And in all tissues, thyroid, bones, tendons, muscles, and in six weeks, and you keep doing it for lifelong. Wow. Do we need to have all these longevity trials and drugs? I don't think so. Well, well I the love body's that. designed to renew itself. We just don't know how. We've been, never been told how. You brought up so many amazing topics and the energetic system is so important. And in my travels, when I went to train with the Shaolin monks, and I bring them up often in these podcasts, it seems they had an energetic system of the uh, acupuncture points, which was in incredible. And part of their practice was the soft qigong, which is the energy work. And there are a lot of practices that talk about that as like, how do we renew the energetic system of the body? And if we look at ourselves as like a Basically, we're being run by electricity. So you're talking about these poles, which is very fascinating. Um, some scientists that I've spoken with said there's only one energy here and it's electricity. And so that's what the body is running on. Um, yes. So is there another tool? Like, if I, gonna, if I'm, going to, I'm going to jump in there. Okay. I disagree with those scientific people, whoever they are. <laughs> because if you put everything, squeeze everything into electromagnetism, which is a standard model. And the standard model is closed. With the Higgs boson discovery in 2012, which gives mass to things, the standard model is closed, okay? It's all of the boxes are filled, quarks and leptons and all of that. That's electromagnetism. And that's why things are solid because there's attraction forces between things. But what we're talking about is subtle energies. And by the way, the word subtle, I wish Tiller had used a different word, but that's what he used. And he used the word subtle because we cannot see it with our scientific instruments. And what are our scientific instruments? Electromagnetic. And why are they electromagnetic? Because they sense a flow of electrons. So what's going on here? Why can't we see these subtle energies? Because they're magnetic in nature. Magnetic. Now, if you move a magnet back and forth, what happens, Matt? You form electricity. Electromagnetism. Magnets and electricity are governed by the Maxwell equations. Nobody will argue with that. But the fundamental characteristic of subtle energies is not electricity. It's magnetic. 
And the more you do Qigong pumping and Zen arts and Shaolin monks, they know. They don't have to tell one bazillion scientists because they are proof of concept. They're living, they're embodying that. I'll tell you, when I first did the circuit, the Eamon's relaxation circuit, that powered me through my book writing, by the way. I could do this for 20 and 30 minutes and keep writing well into the night. I'd never done that in med school, okay? Mm. Med school was, actually it was Gregorian chanting in my headphones and I didn't even realize what I was doing, but that is a form of energy, which is of a very high kind. It entrains your brain and you retain more, but we're digressing a little bit. We're talking about the subtle energies inside the body. Now, the beauty about the Eamon's relaxation circuit is this. You don't need to breathe in a certain way. You don't need to be in a certain posture. You don't need to learn 108 Tai Chi moves, which I have done. I've done Chen style and Yang style and Sun style. and They're beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But what I discovered was when I was limping like this, after like the sweet corn experience, I could do that and recover, 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 and recover deepest tissues. And I'll tell you, Eamons, who discovered this, he was a British Air Royal Air Force pilot. Can you spell his name? Yeah, Leon, L-E-O-N, Leon Ernest Eamon. Eamon is double E-M-A-N, Leon Ernest Eamon. I want you all to look at this. This is a gift. And look at what this man did. He's injured. He's taking off on his plane. It crashes. He's in allopathic care for months, if not, I think, two or three years. And they gave up on him. They gave up on him that we can't help you. You cannot fly ever again. He was unfit for flying duty or pilot duty or whatever. And you know what? He's lying in his bed in the hospital in London. This is in the 1940s. Just imagine, okay? He remembered one scriptural teaching. He remembered one thing and he followed it. He says, Jesus said, you can heal yourself by laying off of hands. You can lay hands and you can heal yourself. And he says, Jesus would never lie. Let me find out. And he began to experiment. Yes, he went to his, you know, I guess that ages rehabilitation center, but he began because he believed in it. He believed in that highest truth that I know I can heal my body. And he found, he discovered that the body indeed has these energy channels or energy systems. And the more you connect them with your hands, he healed himself. But here's the thing. He healed his body of untold injuries. But he didn't stop there, Matt. He didn't stop there. He went on and transcended multiple levels of consciousness to reach almost like a, a spiritual teacher level. He became a sage from this hopeless injured state in the London hospital, he goes on to become a spiritual teacher. 
we have that potential, Matt. We mustn't stop at just the body. We're much more. And Leon, um, Leon Eamon's writings are available because his books, he published many books, Cooperative Healing, okay, How to Transcend Levels of Consciousness. He writes on these things and they're classics. I really recommend reading of these classics and they're free PDF. You can download them from the Eamon archives. So if there's one thing I can tell your listeners, go and look at these case reports because they teach you about the human spirit and they teach you about scripture and they teach you about perseverance and never giving up. Don't you ever dare give up, I tell my patients. Don't you dare because you give up, you're dead. Okay, that's it. Don't close the door. Your mind and your consciousness are unlimited. That brings me to key number three in my course. What is the source of energy then? Because in our earth, it's the sun. The sun is captured through foods and all of these other things. And then we have our energy systems in our key number two that we can connect with, like Eamon did, without learning any other Tai Chi moves and anything else. I want them to connect. And I'll tell you, people go, whoa, I can feel a pulsing. It's so minute. And then when they do more and more, they get energized. And it's really an inside out healing. Number three, where is energy really coming from then? What is the unlimited source of energy? This is so beautiful because this is what Tiller showed. Your consciousness. Consciousness is a source of energy. Consciousness through the tool of intention unlocks vast amounts of energy. Most of the time, people don't know that and they don't know what they want. When I show this to my patients, they go, oh my goodness, Dr. Manic, I want this and I want this and Am I being greedy? Honestly, I've had questions like that. And I say, you're dreaming too little. Go into your heart. Your heart never lies. Go into your consciousness, which is really not here. It's not, don't point to your head. Point to your heart. Because your heart has many deep wishes. And once you go there and begin to examine that, at first, yeah, you want the red convertible and you want a certain bank balance and I want a red dress and fine, write it out. That's the key, number three. Start to look at your heart and in key number four, write it out. Get a notebook because most of the time people do not understand that what's in their imagination. Again, see, I'm pointing to my heart, into my head. What you want is go into your heart and write it out. Write it out. At first, it will look really odd, unfamiliar, like you'll judge yourself. Expect it. Your rational mind is going to come in. Your left brain is going to interfere. Expect it to. What you want is to tap into your right brain because that's magical. Your right brain is your expanded abstract form of consciousness and it goes into your heart, how do you tap into that right brain? And it's, it's hard to do. 
go into your hobbies. You like to paint. You like music. You like walking your dog. You like horses. You like being near the water. You like a spa treatment. Well, there you are. Your right brain is engaged. You're in the zone. But here's the thing. When those nuggets bubble up from your heart, give them meaning. Don't dump them. That's what another a lot of people do. They say, oh, well, that can't be that important. Oh, that was my childhood wish. No, don't do that. Take your notebook. Capture it. Those nuggets are very, very valuable. They'll, and, you know, I'll tell you, when patients really get it, you can see their posture changing. They straighten out their spine. They get a light in their eyes. Now, that's more healing than me giving another prescription. Don't you think? So look at your consciousness, key number three. Look at your right brain. And number four, the key number four, write it out. Don't judge. Write it out. Time yourself. Put a stopwatch if you have to and just say, okay, here goes. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. I'll put it out. And then close the book. Go back to it the next day and you'll see, oh, I got more stuff, more ideas. Oh, I had a dream. Whatever it is, everybody's unique. You're an entity. You're a multidimensional being. Respect that. Okay? And then explore those intentions. Now, key number five. You are God. You are in the image of God. You're a spiritual being having a physical existence. Stop the kindergarten crawling around the floor looking for things. Grow up. At least graduate from the kindergarten mindset and say, I own this. I am Matt. And I have, my intention is, I am Nisha. My intention is, I am, is a very powerful stepping into your truth. You're not saying, mm, let me see, maybe I'll think about it. I'll have a new year resolution. No, I am intending this and go for it. Because you know what? Humans are very powerful. What you hold in mind tends to come about. That's why people say, be careful what you wish for, you know, because it comes true. And it's the same in health. It's the same in all of these things. And spirituality and spiritual maturity unlocks even vaster amounts of energy. Infinite. Look at what Eamon was able to do. Not only heal himself of his, you know, bodily injuries, he went on to become a spiritual master. And that's what we are, Matt. We are avatars in training. How about that? That's a big promise. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I loved every moment of that. And I would have just sat here for a 10-hour <laughs> lecture straight because you had me on the edge of my seat. There are so many things that I could ask. And what I'd love to direct it towards is like, Oh man, there's so much stuff. There's like also your mystical experience. I wanted to touch on at that one point, but yeah. you're kind of rocking a an epic line of thought here. 
You have me flustered. Hold on one second. Let me gather myself. So Matt, <laughs> about the mystical experience, I wrote about it in Bridging Science and Spirit. And one of the ones that was really a pinnacle, um, it really made me realize that consciousness is not in the brain because there was no body there. I went to see, out of curiosity, I go to see the Buddha's relics. There's an exhibition. And he was traveling the world at that time. <coughs> Excuse me. And so I, I go to Minneapolis to this monastery. And there, was, there, there are these little objects that are speaking to you. They have a radiance that literally you, you feel it. And it opens your heart. And your mind is quiet. You feel united, a unity with everything. Nothing of the outer ever changed, but I shifted. My consciousness shifted. I was never the same. Split second, split second. And I didn't even have to believe in it. I don't believe in relics. I'm a Hindu. I don't know about relics. I told you I was curious. It was like an exhibition. It was free. So, oh, why not? It was free. Let's go. Boy. I've never been the same ever since. And, you know, I think that made me have a trajectory that first consciousness is not limited to the brain the, it, or the body. Things are consciousness. You want to honor all life. And one of my patients who is a Cheyenne, he said, Dr. Manik, we teach people to honor all creation, including rock. Honor all creation. And in that pinnacle of just the mind is silent, there's an exquisite feeling. It's, it's beyond words. You know, I'm struggling for words. And you know what, Matt? You can't function. Things don't have relevance like language or the car or food. You have to function in this world. And I prayed for that state to go away actually asked for it to go away because you can't function. You don't want to know. You just want to be okay. And you know what? I wanted to go back in that monastery. I would I would just sit on the steps and those monks had gone somewhere to do some puja. And I was going, what? I want to be in there because that was the state of home. <laughs> that was the state of being at home. And that was the state of being at home in your heart. No separation, non-duality, right? And you know what? I would say disease, maladies, ailments are a manifestation of our sense of separation from God. I mean, that is really a very profound thing to say, that ultimately we are reaching for that unity at one moment of God. At one moment is the Course in Miracles. Its language is at one moment. In Sanskrit, it's Advaita Vedanta. Advaita, non-duality. Ved, the highest language of the Vedas, right? The Vedas, ancient. Anta, and. Once you have reached non-duality and unity with God, leave your Vedas behind. Anta, leave them behind. Don't cling to things. It's a beautiful teaching. 
that ultimately, like Eamon, he became Christ consciousness and left behind enormous gifts that we too can, with our subtle energies, with those energetic systems, rise, that we are independent. We don't need any authority out there to have permission to explore, to ask. We have been dumbed down by authority too long, Matt. Teachers, our parents, society, our peers, doctors, I'm one of them, right? As though I'm the authority in your life. No, I'm giving you the power back. Understand your energy systems. Understand what you're taking in. Become aware. Choose again. Choose again, again. The next day, choose again. And after that, choose again. What, what's stopping you? We are creative beings. And we have the intellectual capacity to question and make those choices. So become awake. And that is really a joyful way to live, you know. You're stepping into your light. I am Matt. I am Nisha. And you're going to choose. And I choose a spiritual life. That is what drives me. This is my good fortune, I think, this in this life. To bridge that science and to bridge the spiritual way. Because they're actually complementary. They're complementary ways of living. Just think of it. When you do a scientific experiment, we have a protocol. We do this, we add this to the flask, and then we expect a certain outcome. Then we measure the temperature, we weigh it, and we look at the color. We do all of those things. I give you two Tylenol, and then call me in the morning. We know that's a scientific experiment. But look at the spiritual. It's the same thing. You're going to do meditation. You're going to have certain things happen to you. And when you have a guru, they'll ask you, has this happened to you? Has something unlocked in you? Okay, that's just the same. You have a protocol. And in Buddhism, it's called the Lam Rim pathway, the enlightened pathway. You reach a certain point, your guru will ask you, are you ready for the next step and the next step and the next step? So the spiritual way and the scientific way, they're the same. All right, let's stop separating the two. This is, this is again, kindergarten thinking. We got to use them both, both. That means when I get into my car, I tie the seatbelt. I take my vitamin D. I don't deny those things. But ultimately, Nisha is in charge. My consciousness, my intention is operating all the time. Is that's that the a, mystical experience yeah, you were talking about? Yeah. Well, that's amazing because it's interesting. It lines up to uh, an experience that I wrote about in my book, Zen Athlete, about this man that I knew, Tyrone. And uh, the experiences that I had line up with that as well, where it's an experience where like you are home. And he said the same thing to me. He goes, when I was in that state, I couldn't function. I had to, you know, he's like, I watched life take care of me, but you can't stay in that state. Cause I asked him like, why did you, you know, a bunch yeah. of questions about it is like, you can't stay there. He's like, but he also said, you want to be human. You want to have this experience. This is a very, very special experience uh, that we're all having. And um, that state you can't stay in, but it's good to know that it exists. And yeah. the thing I was curious about, because 
of the place you were in, you, you had this experience through these relics that you mm-hmm. had. And then also other people experienced it when you had, when you brought them home and you had that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, what I've been researching and I talked to you a little bit about is this idea of Tartaria, which essentially there's, there's many ways we could go about it, but we look at the pyramids and we think, mm-hmm. holy smokes, who built that those pyramids? If you know anything about the pyramids and you've looked at them, you know that nobody knows for sure that they're all creating theories. Well, we look at these old churches and one time we had a correspondence, you said, Matt, there's these places in Quebec that, mm-hmm. that have these churches because I was going to go to them that might create that ex- same experience. Well, when we look at these cathedrals, we've been conditioned to think that these cathedrals are uh, old and, you know, from the Stone Ages. And, they have and a very so- sophisticated cathedral, cathode. Cathode, exactly. And so when we look at cymatics, and the, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is a visual representation of sound, Music. those windows mm-hmm. match it. And they also have these massive organs and they had these massive bells. And so mm-hmm. it's possible and maybe even probable that they use sound and frequency that emanated through the whole town to put people into a state of bliss, into connection. In the same way where you go into a room that has very scary music, very scary um you know, photos on the wall, you're going to feel terrified, but you go in this big, vast open space that's using sound geometry physics all in this way to create an experience just like a symphony or something else. And the last point I'll make of this, I remember when I was in Nepal studying with the Buddhist monks, they were doing uh, meditation. I could hear them oming. And I asked the person I was having a conversation with if I could go and see what was going on. And when I entered the room, and I, I, it's hard to estimate how many people were there. I'd say anywhere between 50 and 100. You know, it was a pretty open mm-hmm. space, and they were all oming. As I went into that room, my body with each one would kind of disintegrate into particles, <laughs> you know, not fit, you know, I wasn't like a, a particle being, but it felt like my body was like the particles. And then as the ohm would finish, it would ca- kind of come back into solid matter. And then the ohm would come and I would release into particles. And then I'd go back into the solid matter and was thinking, Oh my goodness. Like this is incredible. And this, I think is this connection between science and physics and consciousness, because there are tools that really help us accelerate that opportunity to have that experience. And Mm -hmm. then it's the responsibility. It's not so, so much to have the experience. It's like, okay, now that you've had it, how do you walk the path? How do you now with that understanding, take it forward share it and then deal with all the challenges and the muddiness and the craziness that can go out in the world. Kind of like in, in Zen, when they talk about, you know, reaching enlightenment, but then you got to chop wood and carry water. And the, Oh yeah. You know, the outer conditions will be there, but here's the thing. That's the whole thing. There are 10,000 pathways home to the heart. Okay, it can be ohm. And by the way, that ohm is very powerful. Out of the unmanifest comes the manifest. And it is the word of God. Okay, so this doesn't surprise me at all uh, that you had this. mm, A sound spirit masters its body. Let me repeat that. A sound spirit masters the material. It's not the other way around. We got it backwards. You want to have the spiritual practices. And by the way, 
I couldn't function in this state around the relics. And when I told Dr. Bill Tiller about this, he says, you weren't prepared. Your nervous system's not prepared because he could. He could be in both states. So, for example, hmm. if I gave him, Dr. Tiller, what's this equation mean? So it's a very linear, you know, uh, equation of energy and information, which is intention. You're creating information. He would answer me. And the next second, if there was a phone call that came through with a spiritual crisis, he was right there. There was no um, separation. That was the gift that when you have a real masterful teacher and you observe them up close, their face is the same, whether it's an equation or whether it's a spiritual question. They are right there and they're engaged. And he told me that. Make meditation your core daily thing, whatever you do. He didn't say study that physics textbook. He didn't say that. He said, please, Nisha, meditate daily. He didn't say what I had to do or how I had to do it or how long I had to do it. Believe me, it is the biggest and most beautiful advice that your teacher can give you is to sit quietly and become familiar with your own mind, its own prejudices, its own dislikes, and its own likes. Because once you are, then you are comfortable. You don't deny anything. Then you can chop wood and carry the water, okay? And you will do it. I, sh I show up and I do my work with my patients. I hope I do a good job because I, I care for about it. I wanna care for them to show them a new reality. Prayer. You are in charge. You may not feel like that, but we will get there. What is deepest in your heart? And I'll tell you, most of the time, nobody's asked them that because they're overwhelmed. They're just surviving. The world is speeded up. It is speeded up. And so I would say medicine is now poised to make the leap. As many industries are, medicine, which is so essential to human well-being. And we need enlightened doctors, I would say, enlightened scientists who ask new questions and embrace this huge holistic way. And not just, oh, you have to change your diet. Okay. Take a supplement. Okay. But what is more? We're talking about it. We're saying there are things inside your body. We're saying you have a consciousness. We say you have heart wishes. And we say you have prayer. You are avatar in training. I'm not the authority. You are. You've always been the authority. You just forgot. And I'm giving it back to you. And many times, people don't like it. They don't like it. But I will still, I will give it back to them. We have these choices. What do you think we should do? And just give them that chance just to consider it and then help them along the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, such an important concept because we're trained as children to accept authority, right? Everyone is outside you. It's the doctor that's the expert. It's the scientist that's the expert. It's the teacher that's the expert. And what you do in my education was you have rote memorization. The best person who can fall in line 
give the answers exactly how they want and not ask questions, you were straight A's. Now you're asking questions, you're thinking about things differently and you want explanation and you probably get kicked out of the class like I was. And so this does uh, arise a huge opportunity for a new way of being. And I think the challenges that we face in this world as we are looking outside and seeing things very upside down, if you're aware, and in these last Mm -hmm. few years have really woken up a lot of people that otherwise might not have been to say, okay, well, what's a better way? Because the way that it is going is not what I prefer. And that's why we need to engage with this power that you're sharing, this infinite power of this intention and our consciousness. And I would imagine that that intention and consciousness would be magnified when used with others. And that's how, yeah. And that's how we accelerate the solution. So we say, Oh, that's something that I don't want to participate in. What is the opposite point? My, you know, Matt, you, you, you reminded me of something where we sometimes, you know, we, we all want to save the world. We want to, you know, there's a lot of talk about we're destroying this planet, but the human activity, actually, the earth needs it. We need enlightened, again, enlightened people. There's a collective consciousness at work, okay? And the more we are together in a loving way, okay, not, not I want to get this, I'm going to get that. No, it is really stepping into, hey, I am the source of all. <laughs> then, then you you realize there's no um, shortages. We think in shortages and uh, limitations, and only a certain amount of this. There's no such thing. Um, there was another point I wanted to make. Um, how many people does it take to save the world? You, you are the chosen one. You are the chosen one. So when you realize that, that you, you know, and the other thing people often say is, well, what is my prayer going to do? It doesn't help anything. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Just as the sea is lifted and all the corks will float higher, your work is very important. Just your waking up and to consider these ideas that we've discussed today already lifts the collective, already lifts the collective. We're not separate. You might be there and I might be here, but we're entangled. To different degrees, everyone is connected. Everything is connected. Physics says that. It's a scientific fact. Nobody can argue that. So pray you're being guided. Step into your heart. Make your wishes come true. Heal yourself. You are as worthy of your own love, your own love as anybody else, you know? Valentine's come and go. We're giving each other all these stuff. Love yourself. Self-acceptance. Then loneliness would never be a problem. All this thing about loneliness and epidemics and all that. Loneliness is an epidemic. Believe me, right? People come in, they, they feel cut off from them on selves. So love yourself. Starts there. Love yourself. Look at yourself. The one you're searching for is looking at back at you in the mirror. That's what one of the saints in India has said. You're looking at yourself. You're looking for yourself. So self-love is not selfish. It's the kindest thing you can do. And it's a spiritual way of being. 
It's a spiritual way of living in this world. You know, I wanted to share something about Tartaria because it popped into my head again. I keep pointing to my skull, but it's not really there. So these pyramids, there is something very magical about the pyramid, the shape of the pyramid. Okay, and I'm trying this. I took a pyramid, a cardboard pyramid, exactly square, and the cone meets up like a pyramid. And you put things under in the uh, under the shape. It's a hollow shape. Try that. Try putting fruit. Try putting things or a knife. It'll get sharpened. Try it. Hmm. What is about the the um, information contained in that pyramid, something about the ancient people, they knew that. And here's the other thing they knew. We wear shoes and feet and rubber soles all day. We're disconnected from the earth. Connect to the magnetic field of the earth. I just said throughout our program that our subtle energies are magnetic. To cut yourself off from the earth, which is full of electrons and magnetic field, right there is a source of energy, the sun, then your inbuilt energy systems. So we are actually, somebody made a comment to me one time. They said, you know, the pinky of your finger can light up the whole city of Chicago for a year. I believe them. We are energetic beings and informational beings. And mostly we are spiritual. So we have infinite amounts of energy. We have to stop this thing about, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> I, again, I loved all that. And I was curious. I think the biggest stepping stone for many people is getting over the self-worth, uh, self-love block. Uh, you know, like, oh, okay, I am God or a part of this or like a part of creation. I matter. You know, what I do matters. And people, a lot of people go through trauma. And I think we're also conditioned to be small. And then also thinking like, you know, where it goes into like selfish. And I feel like it's the balance of knowing who you are and what you truly want and what yeah. you're capable of and expressing mm -hmm. yourself to the highest degree in an honest way, not from an ego way, not from, I want to do this. So people think this is like, no, this is honestly, authentically who I am, what I desire. And that always leads to what I could give, what I could give back. The, the more that you create and make that ripple of resonance for mm -hmm. your mastery, then it gives rise for other people to find their own mastery and whatever that unique signature is. And we all rise. But I feel like a lot of people really struggle with that first bit of uh, getting over. So, so you, you're right about trauma, about the lessons that are coming up for people. And I, I just want, and, and some people are not going to like what I'm about to say. They're not going to like, so, you know, it's my opinion. But, uh, you know, Brina Brown, Breen Brown, how do yeah, I pronounce Brene, her name? Brene. Vulnerability, vulnerability, mm -hmm. celebrated. So weakness and vulnerability is as though it's a badge of honor. We have to stop that kind of thing. It's, she has, I don't know how many million views, right? Oh, I'm being vulnerable. Stop this. You do not need to be vulnerable. You're not, but you are a spiritual being. Can we just say that? 
do we have to apologize for this? No, I'm not apologizing. So all this vulnerability talk and all that social thing that she does has opened up as though it is to be glorified. I don't think we need to glorify this anymore, okay? We have to move on now. We have to move on. So there. <laughs> well, I love it and agree. And it reminds me a lot of uh, uh, Tom Campbell, who is one of the leading physicists on simulation theory. And we had a great three-hour podcast a couple of times. He's been on the show. And the entire show, he basically has this idea of growing up. We're ready to grow up from toddlers into this new way of being. It's like, okay, you had a stage of this lower physical, mental, emotional mm -hmm. being. Now we're ready to go past childhood, adolescence into adulthood and into the power and capabilities that we were endowed with. And I feel like that's where we're going. That's, that's the challenge of how do we each do that? And we have to do it in our own way. I think it was you that said, you know, we have to meditate in our own way. It could have been the podcast. This is two in a row. So I don't know. It's all weaving together into one crazy thing in my brain. I think we have to speed up and it has speeded up the whole notion of what we have thought to be reality. And the truth is we're looking at, we're, we're questioning ourselves. So we're already too late. Now is not the time to ask these things is to say, I'm ready and I'm ready to grow. And I'm going to inherit the spiritual realities because they're very real. They're timeless. Science will expire. You get a new chemical next week and another one. But everything that we're talking about, Matt, does not expire. Hmm. Eternal, right? You can take my course now or you can take it in 300 years, it'll be valid. That's the promise of doing really amazing energy and really realizing where all of that comes from. Since we're talking about energy and energy lack and fatigue, and, and I'm thinking, no, you are the source of that, that which you're looking for. You just don't know how to go about it. Become aware, become willing to at least explore these ideas. Don't close the door looking for proofs of 10,000 proofs. The proofs were already there. You're the living proof of consciousness. You're consciousness, aren't you? Are you asleep right now? <laughs> but, you know, people, you, it's, it, it becomes a circular argument. We don't have time for that anymore. We are seeing great shifts underway. The changes are happening, whether we like it or we do not like it. Don't cling to it. Change and go. Go with it and honor the spiritual part of you because that will sustain you. That is priceless. That doesn't disintegrate. That little light in you, and it's not little, but that light in you, is your essence. You can't argue with that then. And, and many mystics in so many books have been written. Look at my library. We can all be enlightened 10 million times over reading all these things. No, it's about time we, am, we stepped into it. Now, I am this. I am that truth. That's it, you know? 
And we're doing our bit, Matt. We're doing our bit. I love how you articulated all of that and your point around like looking for the studies outside of yourself. You have to be the guinea pig. And if you have no faith in something greater, uh, no faith in your own inner knowing, which we all have this sense that there is something greater, that we're connected to God, a divine force, everything. If you can't feel that and it's dead in you, hopefully somebody can wake that up or you can wake it up yourself. But if you feel that, then it's like, okay, experiment now. Mm-hmm. Go full force into faith, into these things that we're talking about, and mm-hmm. you'll become the experiment for your own life because only you will prove it to yourself whether it's valid or not. Yeah. No, no one you else know, here's can do a, it Here's you. a very simple meditation for your listeners because many will, many will probably say, oh, come on, I've heard this before. <laughs> so if you're a woman, take your right brain and just say, I take my right brain, I unite it with my left, and I connect it with my heart. And just stay there. Just stay there. Be in your heart. Took less than 10 seconds to just go in your heart and be there. If you're a man, you're a rational being, your left brain is very powerful. Say, I connect my left brain with my right brain, and I connect with my heart and be there. How hard is that? Because you're connecting the perceptual organ, your brain, connecting. That separation is actually a delusion, but let's, for those purposes of this, to give them a skill and then connect with your heart. That's it. Connect with your heart. And breathe. Just be there. Doesn't have to be any convoluted pretzel, you know, cross-legged, nothing. (laughs) Pretzel's optional. Oh, absolutely. I sit <laughs> on my chair and meditate. I could, if, you, if you put me on the floor, it's a pitiful sight. Well, I appreciate the power of the simplicity of that suggestion. And I feel like all the great spiritual teachings I've heard always come back to just great simplicity. And so as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And a practical question I had is... When you're talking about this energetic body, Paul Cech speaks about that a lot as far as health. He goes, you need to take care of the the energy body, the subtle energies, or however you want to phrase that. And so he has these certain practices he goes through, grounding and, and all these various ones. Yep. If we were going to have an a energetic hygiene, do you feel like that um, one that you were sharing before with the hand behind the back? is The is human it, relaxation circuit. Is that enough as yes. it is? Like, What would be like my workout program if I've got to do like... 20 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, and jog uh, a mile. What would be Nisha's like protocol for, you know? I do this and- every day. I do this every day. After clinic, boo. Okay. And now I'm flexible. Now my patients with arthritis, if they're risk, then you get copper mats, actually. And you just put one behind your head, one uh, behind your tailbone, and just have little copper rods. When I first tried this, I went, oh, my goodness, I can feel electricity. It's your own body. It's amazing. And here's the magic. My scalp relaxed, my shoulders relaxed, and I could feel so refreshed, better than a cup of coffee or Red Bull or whatever it was. Here's the thing, though. My brain, I could keep writing. I could keep reading. And I was happier. I didn't need anything out there. I told you I just lay on my 
packed with these copper mats. And if I don't have them, I just, if I'm on an airplane, I just go like this. It's nice. So Matt, it's a great question. Try it out. And you will know. You'll, and in fact, sometimes it's so beautiful that you may go, I'll do you know, two less push-ups and I'll do this. Because you are replenishing inside and out. Your body is regulating itself. And if you're doing that, you will know what it needs. You will know, I don't want to eat that canola oil because you're doing this. You will know. You, you don't have to start making all these convoluted because we go with shopping lists and we're already tired. How many diet books and how many, you know, clean books and cleanse yourself and chelate yourself and maybe there's value in that. Just do the emails. I can tell you. It's wonderful. I love it. Uh, you know, there's so many questions I want to ask you. So I'll start to, with one of the big ones and we'll, I guess we'll eventually close this up, but I could sit to you, chat with you all day. When we look at the world, some of us, I guess I'll just say myself is like, holy smokes, there's a lot of crap going on out there. Uh, what, <laughs> as we might get caught up in some of that, what is your thought on what's going on in the planet and how things are going to turn out for those who might be concerned and how do we move towards being a part of the solution? Yeah. Well, the world is upside down. There's no doubt about it. I can't pretend. I, I, I don't understand it any better than anyone else. I look up and something else has happened. I look up and something else has happened. I look up and something else has happened. Something's on fire. Another food plant died. Another train derailment. A bank is going bust. I don't know where it's going. But I do know this. God, the conditions for love exist even in the worst circumstances. We have seen this over and over again. Viktor Frankl said it the best. He realized in the worst situation ever, I am in charge. That glimmer of love that he had for his wife, whom he never saw again, he caught on to that, that feeling of love. You have that heart. Whoever's listening to this has that heart. We all have that power. Connect with it. So tonight, my left brain, right brain, go into your heart. Connect. Stay there. A minute. How, how hard is that? God and love is in charge. Those conditions can never disappear. They may look like there's very little of it, but it's still there. It never goes away. The conditions of love is how much you have. Like in electricity, you turn on the light bulb and you keep turning. It's so bright, like Christ consciousness, or you turn it right down and you go, is there any light in here? But the conditions for love are still there. Amazing. That's beautiful. It is amazing once you realize. <laughs> well, and you're you're like full of energy at the end of this too. Um, is there anything that you wish that we had talked about or that you want to chat about before we close it? My goodness, Matt, thank you for this opportunity because you know how I am. I keep talking and I have more I love stuff. it. <laughs> but we talked about pyramids to Eman circuit to energy. So to your readers, you're safe. I want you to know, each and every one of you, you're safe. You're God's child. You're a child of the universe. Do not feel hopeless. And when you do, 
close your eyes, deep breath, you'll be back again. Yeah. Beautiful. Amazing. Well, Dr. Nisha, this has been an absolute treat. I'm so glad we got to connect again. If people want to follow your work, they want to get on your newsletter, they want to look at your courses and pay attention to what you're doing, where do they go and how do they find you? Oh, thank you, Matt. They can go to nishamonicmd.com. There is a wonderful scientific paper, which I hope your listeners will go and get, because we're talking about energy. And whenever you gaze on something, that is truly amazing and spiritual, it'll energize you. And so this scientific paper is around the Buddha's relics. And there is a paper, I mean, a picture in that paper that the reviewers themselves said, I don't know what this is, but it is amazing. We recommend publishing this paper in a medical journal. And so I've made it available for people who are interested. Take it. It's a technical paper, but just look at the picture in it. That's it get energized. I love it. (laughs) This has been amazing. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for coming on my show for all the work that you do for sharing your wisdom. Um, It's always a treat talking to you. Oh, Matt, thank you. My pleasure. All right, guys, thanks for watching. See you in the next one. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely amazing Dr. Nisha Manik. I hope that you enjoyed that show, that you learned something, that your consciousness expanded, that you were inspired. And if you enjoy it and wanted to inspire someone else, please share the YouTube or the iTunes link far and wide. Consider leaving a review or becoming a member at mattbelair.com. You can do so for free or by donation. You will get access to the Soul Compass course. You'll get access to a lot of exclusive content from past guests and you'll be supporting the show you can do so for free or there's some donations as well you can also look at the zen athlete course and peak performance there's going to be a new one coming out and if you want to work with me one-on-one just hit me up mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and i would love to hear from you and see how i can support your dreams your life your mission so you can make an impact here and live your best life I don't know about that phrase, but uh, I used it. So we'll just do, we'll take it for now. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you're doing amazing. So let's come into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, power, faith, courage, and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.